talk about a commandment that every single person who has ever or will ever live has or will struggle with. Would you please be seated? That's what I wrestled with yesterday as I put this message for us together. And then I prayed. (laughs) And then I prayed some more. And after a few more moments of prayer here and there throughout this time, the answer was obvious. Pastor Scott, you follow God's word. You speak in truth and love. And you let everyone know that while they have broken this commandment, there is forgiveness in Jesus. The sixth commandment. No easy command here. A commandment that makes everyone squirm a bit in their seat we're in their skin because everyone is guilty. You shall not commit adultery. Now, before you get upset with me and say that you haven't committed adultery, let me explain to you what this means from God's perspective. First, Adultery is the unfaithfulness of a spouse who engages in or desires someone to whom he or she is not married. And second, this commandment doesn't just apply to married couples. It applies to all people, married or not. And it applies to all kinds of sexual desire and activity. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Everyone who looks at a man or woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with him or her in their heart. So if we're all guilty of this sin, then what? Well, it's important for us to know and to remember that there is forgiveness for you and me in Jesus. Jesus died on the cross to forgive you, to forgive me of all the times that we have broken this command. And that is good news. When you repent of your sin, know that you are forgiven by what Jesus has done. Then you now go forward trying not to do it again. Meaning because we are forgiven, we are to now fear, which means to respect God and love God by living as men and women who respect God's purpose for marriage and who respect his children. And we do that by treating our bodies as holy. We do that by treating other people's bodies as holy. Bodies that have been set apart for the purposes which God created them. 
as male and female. Not as objects that serve our selfish desires. Now, it's important that we spend some time here talking about treating our bodies as holy. So whether you like it or not, the body that you have is what God has given to you. And like everything else that God has given to you, that body is his gift to you. It's the only one you will ever have. So his intent is that we treat our bodies as holy. For our bodies were made not for us, but our bodies were made for the Lord. Now to understand this, I'm going to invite you into God's word, right? So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 for the majority of our time today. little side note, as we move forward, everything you are going to be hearing me talking about, everything you're going to hear me be reading, comes from God. It comes from His Word. And because this is a message and not a Bible study, not a chance for you to talk, not a chance for you to ask questions, I want you to know this. If you hear anything that brings you some concern... If you hear anything that you don't like, if you hear something that you are offended by, please speak to me. Don't speak about me. Speak to me. Give me a phone call. Set up a time for coffee. I'd love to talk to you about this and have a nice conversation with you. So we begin. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, says this. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. With this verse that, that Paul is talking about here, it seems that the Corinthians have been quoting and misapplying these words. I am allowed to do anything. Now remember, these words still apply today. So in our culture, guess what? Often we misapply these words. I am allowed to do anything. Now, now, Christians in Corinth, just like today, they were saying, because Jesus has taken away my sins, they have complete freedom to live as they please, to do whatever they wanted. Sounds a lot like today. Well, because Jesus has died for me, I can go ahead and do this. No, this is what we call cheap grace. They also are saying here that what, what I'm doing is not strictly forbidden by Scripture. So it's, it's not that bad. Again, no, we're cheapening grace. Yes, 
There is freedom in, in being a Christian. Freedom is a mark of the Christian faith. Freedom from sin, freedom from guilt, freedom to use and enjoy the things that, that come from God. But that doesn't mean we abuse this freedom. That doesn't mean we uh, abuse this freedom hurting ourselves and others. Just because we are allowed to do something or to do anything doesn't mean it is good for us, right? Yeah. So what are we supposed to do? Well, God's word tells us there a little bit further in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. It says, flee. It says, run from sexual sin. And I know, right, God's word is so different than what culture says. Culture so often says, run to it. Culture so often says, do whatever you want. It'll be fine. You choose what is best for you. No one gets hurt. You won't get hurt. But guess what? Culture is wrong. It's dead wrong. Someone always gets hurt. Read on in verse 18 and it says, No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. Sexual sin always hurts someone. I know it does. I've listened to, heard from, and counseled so many people who have been hurt or they themselves have hurt someone because of a sexual sin. The pain is real. The pain is real, and it's so real that so many people have to work through it. So whether it be an affair, pornography, heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual behavior, doesn't matter. Rape, incest, child abuse, assault, any of those things, they're all mentioned. All sins against the body leave someone hurt. Culture doesn't always share that part, do they? We're hearing more of it now in some ways, yes. But culture doesn't always share that truth. But we know the truth. We, we know the truth because you've hurt yourself. I've hurt myself. You and I have hurt other people. Physically, mentally, and relationally. Somehow, some way, someone is always hurt. And you know these people. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's a friend, a family member. 
Maybe it's even somebody you're worshiping with today who's been hurt. Someone is always hurt. And then add to this, you hurt the one whom you're here to worship. God. You see, when we fail to flee from this easy command, this easy sixth commandment, when we fail to flee from sexual sin, we hurt God. Friends, God created, in, in Genesis 2, Chris read for this for us, he created, right? He said, he created, created a woman from man, and he said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God gave us this gift of, of sex to enjoy within a God-pleasing context. And an essential ingredient of, of marriage between husband and wife. And there's no harm in saying this, because guess what? This stuff is talked about everywhere else. Maybe not in the church, enough. But it's talked about everywhere else. It's talked about in schools. It's talked about on television, on the internet, in movies. You name it, it's there. That's why it's important that we talk about it here. How we hear of of God's desire for his people. So when we destroy what God created for good and make it bad, we hurt him by not treating our bodies as holy. Pick up again there in verse 19. It says this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So maybe you've heard people say that they have the right to do whatever they want with their bodies. What they think they have by saying this is that they have freedom. But in reality, they have become enslaved to their own desires. What they want, what they think is best for them. But we know it it leaves them and others hurt. Because nothing they seek after fills them with what they truly need. Yeah, we're talking about sexual sins, but we could also talk about addictions to drugs and alcohol. Work, stress, all those things, right? Nothing that they seek after fills them with what they truly need. But now, as a follower of Jesus, and that's how I'm talking to you today... Paul is telling the people of Corinth and us in these verses, he says, don't you realize that the Holy Spirit lives in you? Don't you realize that the Holy Spirit lives in you and was given to you by God? 
Therefore, you do not belong to yourself. Your body is not your body. It's God's body that he has given to you. It's God's body that he has given to me. It doesn't belong to us. And God bought you with a high price. And because he bought you with a high price, honor God with your body. From God, through Jesus, right to you, the Holy Spirit comes and lives. And that high price that bought you back from, from, from all your sins, from your sexual sins, was Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, his death. His death was your death. His death was my death. His death frees us from all our sins, all of them. And because of this, we must honor God with our bodies. For they belong to him. Not you, not me. They belong to him. Think about it this way. If you live in a building owned by someone else, or you rent a VRBO, or the church, or the Moose Lodge, whatever it is, you try not to violate their policies, right? You, you try to, 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 to hold to the rules that they have given to you. Correct? Okay. So because your body belongs to God, guess what? You and I, we must try to not violate his rules his standards for living. And this includes how we speak and act towards one another. This is also part of the sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. This includes speaking and acting towards one another, male and female, in ways that build up rather than tear down. So we're supposed to get rid of the crude talk and the derogatory comments. The things that we're saying are, are, are God's children. We're making comments about God's children who are loved by him. Paul said in Ephesians 5, he said, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. How will someone who is struggling with how they look, how will someone who is struggling with their identity or feelings know that they are loved by God if we don't show love towards them? You shall not commit adultery also means thinking about how you dress. Paul speaks to this in 1 Timothy 2.9. Again, don't get mad at me. It's in there. I'm not going to read it, but it's in there, 1 Timothy 2.9. Understand that when Paul says this there in 1 Timothy 2.9, he's not saying, and ladies, especially for you, it's, he's not saying don't be attractive. He's not saying that at all. It's okay to want to be attractive. That's okay. But what he's saying here, he's saying to what extent? He's talking about when, when, when women should not 
try to be trying to draw attention to themselves in the wrong way. How do you dress? What is the intent? I know what culture screams. I see it everywhere, just like you'd all do. But who do you belong to? Who are you living for? Yourself and your selfish desires? Or God and his purpose? And, and brothers and sisters, we got to help each other out with this commandment. That, that, that means sometimes, ladies, show care and concern in how you dress. You know it's a struggle for everybody out there. And men, show care and concern on how you speak about someone's daughter, someone's sister. Because you have daughters. You have sisters. Would you want those things to be said about them? Oh, and by the way, they're also God's daughters. And your sisters in Christ. You see, we all need to remember that both behavior and dress, male and female, should express respect to God and love to our neighbor. Yeah, this is all in there in this easy command. And we can also keep ourselves pure of heart and mind as best as we can by, by keeping our eyes clean, being on guard. Being on guard against suge suggestive pictures and magazines and movies and, 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 that, and that way that this dress is happening. And you don't have to watch those things. You don't have to watch those commercials. You don't have to watch those shows and, and movies that, that take you down a bad path. You don't have to. And, and you don't even have to read those romance novels. You get the drift. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. These are someone's sons and daughters. They're all God's children. This is no easy command, for we all fall short of the glory of God. And yet we could still stand here today and say, thanks be to God that we are Forgiven. Right? Christ faced the punishment for each and every sexual misstep that you and I have made that we ever will make. Any sin that we have committed, our wrongdoing has been taken away. It's been taken away because of that free gift that we have received from our Father in heaven. But remember, just because we have been forgiven, it does not give us the right to go and do that sin again. Being repentant means you are truly sorry for your sin, and you're going to try as hard as you can to right that ship. 
So now what? We've been beat to the ground and lifted back up by God's grace and forgiveness. Now what? Well, now we move forward, and, and, and here's some ways that we can help, that can help us in, 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 in seeking and honoring and respecting God and his commands that he gives to us. Keep away from bad places and bad company. You always have two paths you can choose, at least two. You don't have to go that way. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. My grandma said, work hard, play hard. For idle hands are the devil's workshop. Stay busy doing things that you like. For when you slow down, when things slow down, guess what? That's when the devil works extra hard on you and me. And be in the word of God. Honestly, be in the word of God. We, we need to dig into our Bibles we need to find devotions. We need to, to read and study God's word. We need to learn about his forgiveness every day. Because we know how much we've screwed up. We need to learn about his forgiveness for us every day. And we've got to be praying. You can't do this alone. You, you may not want to pray, but do it anyways. It could be simple as something as simple as this. Oh, Lord, you are helping me through Christ to overcome this temptation. Not asking for it, saying it. Oh, Lord, you are helping me through this temptation. Through Christ. Don't make it a question. Lord, please help me. Will you? No. Lord, you are going to help me through this. If you can't remember that, then just say, create in me a clean heart, oh, God. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And get connected with somebody, with a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. One, two, three, doesn't matter. But what does matter is guys reach out to other guys. Ladies reach out to other ladies. Lean into each other. Listen to each other. Speak words of forgiveness. Encourage and build up and study the word together. By doing these simple things, not easy to do, but they're, they're simple really. But by doing these simple things and relying on the Lord for help with his constant guidance and assistance, you and I, we can truly begin to defeat the temptation that we come across. We can defeat them because Christ defeated them for us. Through his death on the cross, through his resurrection from the grave. So friends, hold strong in your faith. And please remember right now that God loves you. Remember that God has forgiven you. 
Remember that he is always there for you. As you join me striving to keep this easy command. Thou shall not commit adultery. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And now may the peace that pass all understanding keep our hearts, our minds, focused on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.